Even beyond. Even beyond. Even beyond. Above and beyond. The Real Estate Show. Hello, I'm Ralph Ciancio, and we are back with another episode of the Above and Beyond Real Estate Show. My name is Ralph Ciancio, broker at Remax Hallmark Ciancio Group, and I have my uh, my friend, my colleague, my business partner. We have Colin Noble, real estate extraordinaire, which is short form for extraordinary, and uh, and he's here joining us for another episode. How are you how are you doing today, Colin? We're excellent. We are extraordinary today. Extra. And I'm excited that we're back. Yeah. It's been a bit of a hiatus, but we've been doing a lot of things behind the scenes. Yeah. But it's nice to be back on camera and back uh, discussing. Everything real estate. Yes, so. yes. And in this, in this show, uh, we focus on real estate trends, topics, um, you know, what's in the news for the, the GTA real estate market, York region in specific. I mean, both Colin and I, we, uh, we service northeast part of York region, Markham, Stouffville, Richmond Hill, uh, and then reaching into Uxbridge and some other parts of Durham as well. Um, and we really want to just, we're just two guys that, uh, that are passionate about helping people focused on selling real estate. And we want to unpack the news. We want to bring some context and some color to the data that we see here. So exciting news this week as we had the September market watch come out. And uh, so Colin, what did you think of the, uh, the numbers as they came out? Uh, the numbers I think are a little bit, for me, they were as expected. A lot of people may be surprised, mm -hmm. um, but... I, th I think it's important to unpack really what we're seeing. I mean, there's a lot of headlines. There's a lot of markets crashing. Prices are down. Actually, prices are up. Uh, but I'll, I'll dive a little bit deeper into, into the yeah. data. But I think it's important for us to provide context to the audience and viewers and our clients and yeah. anyone who's watching. For sure. Uh, sort of what that means, what the data means, and what we're seeing. I mean, we're in it every day. We're in the yeah. trenches every day. And, and, and when we say, what does it mean? I think, what, what does it mean for that family listening in, that individual that's thinking about buying a home or that investor that's trying to get into the market? What does the data mean to them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I would find, if I was an outsider, I would find it very hard to determine what's actually happening in the marketplace because there's a lot of yeah. pessimism, but there's a lot of optimism too. So it's, where, where are we at right now? Uh, the market data shows us that uh, total sales volume is actually down. Uh, we're about a, just over 4,600 sales volume in the month of September 2023. And that's GTA-wide, right? That's GTA-wide. Um, prices are actually up a little bit, 3% year-over-year. Uh, compared to August, we're up about 3.2%. So mm -hmm. average home prices in the GTA are just over 1.1 million. Mm -hmm. um, the important stat to me is number of new listings. Number of new listings have skyrocketed 44%. Uh, compared to last year. Mm -hmm. What does that mean in the marketplace? We're probably going to talk about that in depth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it brings a lot of opportunity, I think, to buyers, um, but also sellers. It also brings you an opportunity to stand out, yeah. uh, which I think is important in this marketplace. Um, so overall, I think we're not seeing huge increases. We're not seeing huge de decreases. Uh, I think we're plateaued a little bit. We're, yeah. we're a very lateral movement right now. Um, we'll talk about interest rates. We'll talk sure. about how we see that affecting the market in the in the final quarter of the year, uh, and moving forward, what does that mean? Yeah. So, so now you said forty six hundred sales in September. How does that trail compare to? Not, and we always look at last year as data. That's the common thing: is what happened last year or year over year. 
the challenge is over the last three years, the whole world has been so unpredictable on mm-hmm. a like a global scale. Looking back as last year as a perspective, it's, it's not giving proper guidance really, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what, what would you say the average sales number of sales for a September would normally be? I think we usually in September we're upwards of 7,000 yeah. uh, in, in, in a good year. So seeing a number of 4,600 is a little bit intimidating. I don't want to say scary because it, it happens. We have ebbs and flows in the market, and that's just the natural cycle of real yeah. estate. Yeah. Uh, an important number to look at to me is total volume for the year. Yeah. And, we, and what's that number? What's we, that number we've, like? <laughs> we've dived deep in historical trends, sort of. Let's call it over the last ten years in the in the GTA real estate market. And right now, we're trending to potentially not even hit seventy thousand transactions, yeah. and that would be the lowest number of transactions for an entire decade in the GTA real estate market. And and if you unpack that a layer deeper, think about this. 10 years ago, so we'll call it 2022, sorry, 2012 rather, 2012, 2013, how many fewer people were there in the GTA? How many fewer homes were there? How many homes were built in the last 10 years? And that means that we're actually, if you averaged it out, we're actually even lower or, you know, less transactions than there were 10 years ago. Because if you average out that there's probably, you know, 250,000 more units yeah. in 2023 versus, you know, 2013. Yeah, exactly. So the percentage of transactions. But, you know, to that point, and we talk about the cyclicalness, you kind of alluded when you say ebbs and flows, which basically means the ups and downs, the cyclicalness of the market. These people generally need to move. Like it's 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 not a, a product, for example, a stock that you're holding in your RSP and you can hold it for sixty years and mm-hmm. you know, when you retire you sell it. This is a place where you live. So life changes causes changes in the real estate market. Sure. People will move irregardless of the market mm-hmm. when somebody passes away, when somebody is born, when somebody gets married, when somebody gets divorced, when families amalgamate, when new family comes to Canada, mm-hmm. um, when people lose their jobs, when they change their jobs, when they retire, like these are all life-changing events and that's going to cause people to move irregardless of whatever, if the prices are high or the prices yep. are low, people just got to move. Yep. And it's amazing that right now to date, we've seen 49,000 people in the GTA that had to move. And you know, I'm surprised how low that number is, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's funny because we're seeing this we're seeing the spike of in uh, not inflation. Well, no, uh, immigrants, immigrants, immigration. Right? Uh, there's a lot of discussion about uh, new construction. There's a lot yeah. of uh, discussion about supply. Yeah. And then we'll talk about basic economics of supply and demand and how's that affecting the market. Yeah. Um, and, and, which alludes to the type of market we're in right now. Are we? We're definitely now into a buyer's market. I can mm-hmm. probably say that with 100% confidence yeah. that we're. We're, we're certainly into a buyer's market. We see that with months of inventory, mm-hmm. uh, which basically is uh, the total listings on the market. How long will it take? If no listings come to the market, how long would it take to sell uh, all the current listings, inventory? Right? So, for example, if there was, you know, how many do you have in total for uh, this month? Uh, uh, 18,000. 18, no, those are act- yeah, active listings. Yeah, so 18,000 18, with a consumption rate of 4,500. Yeah. So that's roughly five months of inventory. Yeah. Which is, we haven't seen those numbers in many, many years. Probably it, since 2018, I'd Well, say. I'll say that in Toronto, in the GTA. Sorry, in, yeah, in the you're, GTA. You're absolutely right. We have now, to remember, we're talking about GTA. Yeah, specific, GTA. Right? And you know, it's funny because we have friends that sell real estate through like coast to coast, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some markets, 
you know, Halifax for a generation, the average months of inventory was between eight and 14 months right. of inventory. It was normal, right? Yeah. yeah. And then when we hit, uh, you know, the kind of um, pandemic levels of people moving out of the province and retiring and, you know, these life changes – for the first time in a generation, they were at like two months of inventory. They mm-hmm. were getting multiple offers. And we had I was getting a call a week from friends in, that were selling real estate in Halifax saying, Ralph, I've never dealt with a bidding war. What do I do? Yeah. Like yeah. how do I deal with multiple yeah. offers? Yeah. And that's something that we just, you know, over 15 years, probably seven of those years that I was trading in real estate were a strong seller's market. Probably more than that. Probably mm-hmm. nine of the 15 were a strong, strong seller's market. Mm-hmm. And it – you, you, you speak about micro markets. I was at a seminar last week where we were speaking about uh, specifically condos and pre-construction. And we did an analysis on months of inventory in Liberty Village in Toronto. And the number was 17. Wow. 17 months of inventory in Liberty Village. So what does that mean? It means that there's a whole lot of listings and not a lot of sales. Yeah. Right? So whether it's pessimism, whether it's affordability, whether it's... I don't know. It could be it could be a number of things, but we haven't seen those numbers. I mean, I haven't seen yeah. them in in my yeah. experience in the real estate world. So. And it's funny because as you're telling this story, uh, or you know, explaining that you know experience you had, I'm immediately brought to mind uh, Frank and the Berries, yeah. which we, we yeah. talked about on the yeah. on the podcast before. Yeah. But uh, for the for the listeners out there, uh, you know, I have this kind of mindset of when we were. You know, this five. is one of Ralph's analogies. This is an analogy. This is, this Ralph's is analogy. Ralph. Take one. Uh, so we had, uh, you know, the, when uh, pause, count to two. All right, um, you know, five thousand years ago, when we were living, you know, in the wilderness, and we were nomadic, and we were tribes going around, mm-hmm. you know, area to area to feed, and there would be uh, a new plant that nobody's ever seen before. You know, one person would go over and, for example, if there's some uh, a bush with berries, the tribe had never experienced those berries before and mm-hmm. they're scared. Mm-hmm. And so Frank would head over there. One, one person from the village would go over and eat a berry and everyone would watch. And if Frank got strong, yeah. if everyone went and ate the berries. Right. And if Frank died, nobody ate those berries. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a lot of what we're seeing in the real estate market right now. People are scared to, to take that path. Do I buy? Nobody's buying. Right. Maybe buying is a really big mistake. I'm not going to buy. I'm going to wait to see if someone else buys. Right. And that's where we see generally people that are the most successful in business are the trailblazers, the people that see this current market as an opportunity mm-hmm. to buy real estate while everyone is scared. Warren mm-hmm. Buffett said, you know, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Right. And we saw that through you know, the ups and downs of yeah. the market. Yeah, in the tech space, they call that early adopters, right? So the, the early adopters will be the ones that yeah. maybe get, get the advantage. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, speaking of the you know, months of inventory and supply levels, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, buyer's seller's market. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said previously in the podcast that I think we're uh, with 100% confidence we're in a buyer's market. Uh, what are we seeing right now with uh, listings in general, specifically yeah. our listings, yeah. um, and how provide some context into sure. in, into the buyer's market? What does that mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I like to think of, of our team as a a one percent contributor to a to the to the real estate market. It's probably 
a tenth of that, even less. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just a you know a tiny sample. But I like to think uh, whatever the market's going through, we have the advantage of seeing it weeks before it's printed mm-hmm. because we're actually experiencing it. Mm-hmm. So we saw inventory levels creep up, new listings spike up. And we're seeing the same thing in our own book of business. The mm-hmm. clients that we're helping sell their home, we have we have some amazing inventory in the pipe mm-hmm. ready. And we're just basically mathematically planning who gets loaded on the MLS when mm-hmm. so that we're not flooding 15 new properties yeah. at the same time, which would make it harder for everyone to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we intentionally try to avoid uh, – you know, competing against our own listings because mm-hmm. it's not fair for the people who hire us. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is really important. I know that sometimes people say, well, I want to work with an agent that has a monopoly on the area. And mm-hmm. I said, well, if they got five listings on your street, all at the same price point, who are they representing? Who are they representing there, right? Yeah. And uh, we want to make sure that every one home we sell is being treated like it's the one home we're selling mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, what we've noticed between the inventories that have sold versus the ones that are sitting stale on the market, mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with the overall appeal. Is it turnkey? Mm-hmm. It's the most turnkey properties right now are the ones that are selling. Agreed. Yeah. You know, the ones that need some work. Well, I don't know. I, I you know, was going to replace the kitchen 12 years ago, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, the buyers coming through the home are thinking, I don't want to change the kitchen either. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think that comes down to um rates affordability and where we're at right now like it's it's more expensive to buy and close your home which Mm -hmm. means there's less money for the fixer uppers the new kitchen the new quartz countertops the new flooring the new whatever it is right so like you said people want the turnkey and we're seeing those properties turn over um and Yes, we're in a buyer's market, but there's still bidding wars yeah. for those homes. I was yeah. in a bidding war on Monday. That's right. That's right. Uh, for a property in Goodwood in Uxbridge, that was a very desirable home on a nice, nice lot uh, that was priced properly in the market in in today's market, and we were bidding against four other offers. Yeah. And and that was fast. That was they fast. weren't holding back it was, offers. It was right? very fast. No, it, it was I'd say around a week on the market. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was marketed, showcased properly. And unfortunately, we, we, didn't, we didn't succeed in the offer yeah. in the bidding war. Uh, but it sold for around a million dollars, which is, you know, a pretty, I don't want to say entry level. Yeah. But it, it, it's in, a, in an affordable price bracket, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it's so, got a wide buyer base. There's a yeah, lot of exactly, buyers. Yeah. Exactly. So to my point is, and your point is homes that are marketed properly, yeah. priced correctly, and showcased well on the market yeah. are still turning over. Yeah. But we're seeing a lot of homes that are not or might not be as appealing that are sitting for. Yeah. I mean, I think average days on market's up a little bit. I mean, we're, we're at 20 days on market, which yeah. still isn't crazy. Yeah. But we are seeing homes 60 days, 90 days on the market, right? Yeah. What we're seeing right now is we call it the every home that sells has to have a wow factor. It's either going to be a wow in the house What's going to be a wow on the price? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Anybody that's not wowing yeah. is not attracting buyers. And again, if we look at, for example, uh, one in five homes will sell that month. Mm-hmm. For you to be the one in five or three out of 15 homes that sell in your neighborhood within a month, yeah. you need to be wow. Yeah. And you have to decide whether it's going to be priced as a wow, very attractive, reasonable price, mm-hmm. or wow in the finishes. Right, right. And I think... We're having a lot of conversations, I'd say for the last month and a half, about people who are like, 
what do I do? Yeah. Do I buy? Specifically, I'm, I'm, I'm talking buyers. I'm a little bit bullish right now on, on buying because I think prices were, were definitely on the, on, on the, on the downslope. Yeah. How far that downslope keeps going in terms of prices, we don't know. It's speculation, mm-hmm. I, but I think we're almost at the bottom. Yeah. Um, yes, rates are still very high. We may see another increase at the end of the month. We might not. Yeah. What's that going to do to uh, buyer demand? I think if if we're stagnant, I think we may see a we may see an uptick in, yeah. in number of sales. And, and uh, that, that to your point, that's what scares me the most. Mm-hmm. To be frank, what I'm most worried about is not this number or what this number means. Yeah, this is this is natural. This is what happens. Things happen. You know, the market goes up and the market goes down. What I'm more fearful of is the tsunami of the real estate market in the spring of 2024, the fall of 2024. Yeah. There's so much pent-up demand, right? That is just going to, like you said, a tsunami. I I live 18 months in the future. When I'm looking at things, like rarely do I think about what's happening right now. I think about what will happen 18 months from now, and that answers the question of what I'm doing today. Mm -hmm. And when I look at 18 months from now, we're going to have another like if if the if the market is saying that houses are unaffordable or home prices are too high 18 months from now it's going to it's going to be reminiscent of the 2016 2017 run up yeah. or the run up we saw you know after pandemic yeah. uh, this is going to be it's going to be a huge swing up yeah as fast as it goes down it's going to be another swing up yeah and so I, be ready but but i think that's important and the conversations we're having with our clients right now is that is that forward thinking uh, uh, mentality yeah, of yeah. right now it might seem crazy, but we're not we're not getting married to the rate right now. We're yeah. we're getting married to the price of the home. Yeah. Um, so it's an analogy of, of of dating versus of, yeah. of marrying, right? Yeah. The you're 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 dating the rate, but you're you're marrying your your purchase price. You and you can always renegotiate the rate in a year, two years, three years, you can never renegotiate the price. Exactly. You know, exactly. Th- that, that family that bought the home in Goodwood at, you know, just over $1 million, they got, I think they got a great deal on a mm-hmm. great home. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, you know, maybe they're locked in at a one-year rate, at, for example, 6% or 6.5%, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it may seem high now, but six months from now, eight months from now, as interest rates are projected to come downward, well, now they're getting a discount on the house that they already exactly. they, they love. Exactly, and that and that's why we are encouraging our clients who are on the fence of buying, saying there's great opportunity right now. Yeah. There's less bidding wars. There's less yeah. buyers out there. We can tell. We can see by the months and, of and there's more. We can con- see by the number of sales. There, right? There's more conditions. We're seeing the resurgence of conditions, exactly. which I, I hate the idea of anybody making a multi. Well, I say multi-million, but million dollar plus or seven hundred or five hundred thousand dollar plus, even a one hundred thousand dollar decision yeah. to be made on the spot yeah. with no due diligence available. Yeah. That's crazy to yeah. me. Yeah. I was at the mall with my wife last week, and I I wanted to just buy pants for the fall. Yeah. I couldn't make a decision. I, yeah. I walked in and they showed me three different pants. I said, Well, I got to think about it. Yeah. And I left the store and I said, My clients buying a home don't even have that much time to say. Yeah, I'm going to take it. This is how much? 1.5 million? Sure. 
Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I hope the wiring is good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope the zoning is okay. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, yeah. I hope there's no cracks in the foundation. And that's just the nature of being in a, a seller's market. Buyers had no power. Mm-hmm. Now buyers are saying, well, wait a minute. I want to negotiate at my price. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to put in the condition on financing and a condition on home inspection, mm-hmm. which I, I'm a, a fan of. I'm a proponent of an educated market. Mm-hmm. The more educated we are as a market, buyers, mm-hmm. sellers, investors, renters, mm-hmm. agents, mm-hmm. the more efficient we become. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the reasons why we, why we do the show is we want to be educators. We want to contribute to people's journey. Yep. We, we want this to be uh, a weapon of mass instruction. Yep. I told you there I could it get is. it in there here. It's it a weapon of mass it. instruction. Uh, and, and because it's, it's, it's a battle out there. Mm-hmm. And the more educated you are, the more bullets you have to prepare and protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think... There's a lot of people who made those quick decisions when the market was hot because they didn't want to miss out, and now all of a sudden they're in trouble, right? They're, they were maybe guided improperly or they had, they had poor advice. Get in the market. Everyone's buying right now. You're going to miss out. You're, you, we're, we're coming to the peak. Get in, get in, get in to the berries. The yeah. berries, they're going to be off the tree. You're going to have no berries yeah. left. You better get there and get one of those berries. And people are killing for berries. And now – those are the we're seeing a lot of those properties come out of the market. Yeah. They're they are they are sellers or homeowners who are in distress because of affordability, yeah. and I think that has a lot to do with um, number the inventory levels on the rise. Yeah. Right. So, which, which is you know and, and people ask all the time, you know what we think of the market, but also they ask, well, what would we have done if I was in charge of the Bank of Canada, if I was the uh, person responsible for pivoting rates? No, I think that they went really high, really fast, and I don't think it's going to be for really long. Mm -hmm. I would have rather seen a slow progression upward Mm -hmm. and then have it last longer. There'll still be the same amount of suffering over maybe a one, two, three-year period. Mm -hmm. But there are analysts are already projecting rate decrease in 2024, which means you're only – it's like like you're you're killing a fifth of the population or uh, an eighth of the population. Whoever got caught – with a mortgage renewal that just serendipitously happened in the last eight months or in the next four months, mm-hmm. they are caught. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that you would just pick at random this subsection of people who are coming up for mortgage renewals. Yeah. Whereas if they would have not gone as high and said, okay, anybody renewing in the next three years, we're gonna, you're going to get a punch in the face, but you're not going to get stabbed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, 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 know, you yeah. can make it through this. Yeah. Um, you know, And as we talk about you know, trends between the U.S. and Canada and people are watching between the two because we're obviously our interest rates are tied in together because mm-hmm. of global trade. Um, remember that in the States, you can have a 15, a 20, a 30 year term. Mm-hmm. That means some people locked in at 2 percent yeah. for 30, 30 years. years. Yeah. So this interest rate change makes no difference in the U.S. Yeah. The renewal rate on mortgages in Canada, it's a way faster cycle than yeah. it is in the U.S. Yeah. With the most popular mortgage term is a five-year fixed rate. Yep. Uh, and so the people that signed up three, four, five years ago that are just coming to terms, they have some difficult decisions to make. And in some cases, that means selling your home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard a stat this week. In 2024, I think it's in the next two years, there's $300 billion of mortgages up for renewal wow. in Canada. Like that's that's, that's an astonishing number, right? Like we just hit 40 million people in Canada. Mm-hmm. There's $300 billion of mortgage renewals coming up within the next few years. Yeah. So that's, 
that's going to have a huge impact on the real estate world, uh, I think, in terms of uh, supply and demand. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, th- I think another thing that's worth, you know, in terms of adding color or context to when we hear Bank of Canada rate announcements and they talk about their target rate of 2%. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that their actual, the window of rate that they're targeting is between 1% and 3%. Mm-hmm. The Bank of Canada inherently knows that the inflation, it moves. It moves month over month. That is just a moving number. They say we hope for it to be at or near 2%, the range is 1% to 3%. Mm-hmm. So as we were, you know, a month and a half ago, we were at 4% inflation. Man, that's pretty close to the top end of yeah. what you, you deem to be acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, ease off on the rates. Don't yeah. kill people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can be destroying a generation of, 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 of Canadians. Yeah. And it's not yeah. fair for that one in eight family that just yeah. got, you know, yeah. demolished. And they're not bad people. These yeah. are people who just made a decision yeah. For the, for the benefit of their future and their kids' future, and it's the and, majority of the population, yeah. right? It's not affecting the the top, call it the upper class. Yeah. It's not affecting. They're they're not very sensitive to the to these, to changes. these changes. It's the middle and lower class that are the people who are yeah. super susceptible to a slight increase in interest rates, and those are the people we're hurting. Yeah. Those are the people that are driving the economy, yeah. right? Yeah. So, it's a it's a tough road, but I think you know. We'll get, we'll get through it, and I think yeah. over the next 12 months or so, we may, we may start seeing those rates come down. You know, so. But, but to, to that point, you mentioned the idea of you know, kind of the market is so uncertain, and you talk about making great decisions and having great guidance. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that needs to be you know, addressed as well, is that who's guiding these families to put an offer of $350,000 over asking? Yeah. Uh, you know, was it a qualified real estate professional, or was it someone who got their license a yeah. month and a half ago yeah. who's just – you know, helping with the paperwork and everyone is guessing. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's some some systematic things that could be improved upon to kind of avoid that. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about the idea of the journey in buying real estate is kind of like, uh, you know, you hire a realtor. It's kind of like captain of your ship. And you say, well, I want to go from here to the Bahamas by boat. I'll go. <laughs> You're in? Yeah, I'm in. Well, I'm I'll, in. I'll go if you drive the boat because <laughs> yeah, okay. you have more experience driving boats than I do. But the idea is that if you were driving the boat, and, you know, for people watching, I mean, Colin's uh, an avid boater. He's actually got his uh, airplane license. We've got pilot's license mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, and a driver's license. I like things with motors. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you need to get from point A to point B, he's an excellent person. I'm okay in a car. That's, that's right. And pretty good in go-karting. I, uh, I, can, I can go-kart. But um, if we were going on a, a, a trip from here to Bahamas mm-hmm. and you're an experienced uh, captain of a boat. Yeah. And I've never commanded a boat ever. Mm -hmm. If everything is calm and normal and the GPS is calibrated and we're, you know, it's a straight line and it's mapped out, I could probably get us there if Mm -hmm. I had some basic instruction. Mm -hmm. But if things go sideways, if there's a storm coming, if there's another ship that's on our path, if there's, um, you know, the the GPS gets uncalibrated or becomes less clear, Mm If there's an issue at the port, there's, there's a million reasons why the boat won't get to Bahamas. Yep. Whereas you're an experienced uh, boater, yep. you would have the, the, the ability to solve that path. Whereas in, in real estate, when you have someone that has, that has experience to go through the good times and the rough times, yep. you're, you're, you're in safer hands. Yeah, agreed. And I think that and that's we're seeing that specifically this year because of the numbers we're seeing in the market. A lot less sales. So. Yeah. 
the the people who have that experience and have the the expertise in guiding their clients and uh, potential clients into making great real estate decisions. The ones that can't are the ones who are suffering. Um, But it's tough to say, but I think it's good for the industry because we want people who are providing sound advice to clients who are making great real estate decisions because it's hard to see people who were – uh, who made poor decisions because they had wrong advice. Right? I just had an inspiring idea. Wouldn't it be awesome? Now, um, I hope Rico doesn't listen to the to the show. Hey, they might. Rico's a Real Estate Council of Ontario. But I just had an idea. Wouldn't it be neat if agents that were helping people buy a home, mm-hmm. if they got a, you know, in the financial world, in the financial markets, you get what's called a trailing commission. Mm-hmm. So you get a commission now when you buy a stock, and then you get a small commission a year later, a year later, right. a year later. Sometimes yeah. seven years later, yeah. you're still getting a small commission mm-hmm. based on a transaction you guided them. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be neat if we got, as an industry, a commission that was smaller at the start and you got just a little bit of – you know. Um, uh, compensation later on, and if the market went down, you actually had to contribute. <laughs> you participated in the losses as well. That'd be because right now there's no, the, you know, the agent helps somebody buy a home. They get they get a paycheck. Yeah. Hopefully they guide the client well. Yeah. But if the client loses five hundred thousand dollars in eighteen yeah. months, yeah. the agent is probably on a boat to Bahamas yeah. with Colin. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a. <laughs> Hopefully, the call is yeah. driving not Ralph, yeah. but yeah. Uh, you know that would be a neat way where there's some some uh, you know participation in, yeah. in, in the losses. It's like a metric well. of making sure you provide proper advice. Yeah, right? yeah. You're yeah. you're you're as vested because yeah. you know you're you're doing as you do, not as you just say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that being said, uh, you know, do as you do. We hope that you uh, enjoy the content that we're putting out here. And again, our goal is to educate, to provide some context, and to make your journey as smooth as possible. So please just like, comment, subscribe, whatever the button's flashing for you to do. Just do that. Like, help us out. And, uh, you know, as we wrap up the episode, any last thoughts, Colin? Uh, no, I think, I mean, happy Thanksgiving. If I think this might be coming out around Thanksgiving. Mm, we'll see, week. more or less. Yeah. Know, more or less. thanksgiving uh, It's hard to be time to, to, to be probably sure. you on a podcast, but um, hope everyone's having a great fall. Uh, I'm very optimistic about the market. Uh, I'm quite confident that, that we're, we're still in a good place. There's no alarm bells going off. Um, and you know we're going to have a great end of the end of the year. As we talk about Thanksgiving, give me uh, one thing or two things you're, you're most grateful for. Uh, number one, family, always family. Uh, two beautiful daughters at home. Yeah. Uh, it's really, 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 really cute. Emma's first birthday on Halloween. Oh. So it's, uh, it's an exciting time. Um, so thankful for family, thankful for friends, uh, and um, just, you know, we, li- we live in a great place that we shouldn't take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How about you? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, family, health. You know, they say uh, a man with. A million, uh, what do you say? A healthy man has a million dreams. A sick man has one. Right. Yeah. You know. That's so great. you know, yeah. it, you know, I don't want to get to the point where I'm. I, I wish I have, have that one dream. One right? dream. No, no. We want to want to be grateful for yeah. it. So uh, we're, we're lucky, and, um, yeah, and we're thankful for our our listeners yeah. and all of our uh, so people who support us and our and our clients. Yeah. So. And, and to the point, even the people behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, people can see us on the camera. They can see us. You know, on social. And there's a lot of people that help. Uh, you know, our, our mentors for us mm-hmm. uh, are, are technically involved in this production. Uh, people that support us while we're here, our, our, our machine is still rolling. Our clients yep. are still being served. Homes are still being sold. Yep. And our families that are there to support us. So it's yep. definitely a big production. So exactly. Great. All right. That being said, guys, hope you have an awesome week. and look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks so much.